fragile and a little taste of Estonian magic with Robert. You're this is what Des is listening to on his headphones. The blue of the night. Blue of the night on Lyric FM. This is what Des hears when he takes out the headphones. He's sitting at a card table in the middle of other card tables at a gambling club in Dublin. How often do you come in? Two or three times a week. And what's the attraction? Why do you like it so much? Because I make loads of money. Beside Des at the table is Alex. It's a fun game. I can afford to do what I do. I'm retired, you know. Right. What did you do before you retired? Civil servant. Alex has a small pile of chips on the table in front of him. Is that your limit for tonight? I don't know, really. I might go in more. There's, there's 120 there. But if I lose it, I'd probably go across, try and get it back again. That'd be 240. Des has a similar number of chips. Is that now how much you're going to play for? Probably. Right. Yeah. So that's not really your limit. Well, let me be honest with you, and everybody here knows about it. I, I make quite a bit of money in this place, so uh, okay. this isn't really a concern to me. This amount of money here isn't really a concern right. to me. How much is that money, can I ask you? 150. So you, you play bigger games and make more money on other tables? No, it's just over a period, over a period of a year I'd make uh, half my wages, half my overall wages. Do you have another job outside of this yeah. then? I'm probably talking to somebody who's extremely well known in the world of poker. No, 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 just in here, we're all, we're all mates. And what do you do in the, in the real world? What's your uh, retail. profession? Retail. So who, who do you hope to be at there? Will you have fun There's now? There's a man sitting in seat one here who got to the final table of the World Series and he's one of the best players in the country. If I can survive for an hour playing against him, that'll be fun for me. The good player Des is pitting himself against is Scott. He's at the other end of the table with a red and yellow baseball cap on. He gets up and walks to the centre of the room where he stops to look at the cricket on the TV. On the screen are men with the same baseball caps. So West done. Indian hat. The West yeah. Indian hat, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Now I see. And what's your connection with the West Indies? I have no connection with the West you Indies. You just like their hat? Yeah, I'm a West Indian fan. And when did you... Ooh. Ooh! Four runs and five balls. Do you play cricket? No, I never played it. played baseball, though. Did you? Yeah. In the States? Yeah, I grew up in the States. And how long did you live there for? I lived there till I was 12, and then I went back another time for another six years. Was that very disruptive, or did you enjoy it? Coming over here. As a 12-year-old, yeah. Yeah, come over here to go to boarding school. Are you a full-time poker player? That's right. I used to be a bookmaker, and uh, I just kind of wrapped it up at one stage and uh, decided to come up here to Dublin to play poker. Poker was starting to take off. There was games every night. It gives me freedom. But you're playing through the night, though, aren't you, a lot? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough, isn't it? Uh, not really enough for me. Or, no, yeah. I go to bed at seven, get up at two. Just it's natural for me. Yeah. Do you have a wife and kids? Yeah. And yeah. you're supporting them with the poker? Yeah, yeah. Fourteen years now. And what happens if you lose your touch or your luck goes against your? Ah, it doesn't. It just doesn't happen. You're just good at it. Well, you don't have to be that good. You just have to be better than the people you're playing with. <laughs> That's the secret. That's great. I used to know a guy, and he said uh, he was the sixth best seven stud player in the world, but he had one major weakness. He insisted on playing with the five best seven stud players in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost all his money. 19, 19, okay. Behind Scott is a blackjack table. 15, 15, too many. There's an American at it. <laughs> He's a business graduate who's visiting the country as part of a group looking for business opportunities. How are you doing? Are you up or down? I've done good this last shoe. Had some good entertainment. 
for uh, low cost. The American is in a polo shirt and chinos. To his right is Raphael, an Italian man in a suit. He's been living here for years and he's playing roulette. That was just luck, though. Let's <laughs> please. And why do you like the roulette? Ah, oh, because it's so fair. The ball goes, and then you pick up a number. You just bet. You believe in the number. Wow! <laughs> Raphael is watching a screen behind the roulette wheel, which records the previous ten or so numbers the ball has landed on. It lets you know if there's any lucky run on numbers. This is Leslie. You can look up there oh, and you see. can see, like, you know, that all the fives are coming up or all the threes are coming up or something. Is that like what that. gamblers look out for? Yes, some gamblers they don't do. don't believe in know. random, no. They don't know about random. <laughs> <laughs> if they did, <laughs> there wouldn't be gamblers. He's 72, a replacement window salesman. Big smiles, a cheery jacket. Are you doing it long time, gambler? Uh, I was a very late starter. I started when I was about seven. <laughs> uh, playing poker yeah. don't forget we had nothing else in the old days only cards he lived for over 40 years in Beaumont and Dublin's north side then his wife died and he moved out to a new housing estate in County Mead now I usually play twice a week here and around about 8.30 and how long would you stay? Uh, until I'm knocked out of the tournament which can be like 1 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock or if you're fortunate enough to get a little bit near the money, because these are tournaments we're playing for prizes, it could be 4 or 5 a.m. by the time you finish. Um, I'm, I'm a small gambler, you know. Do you ever uh, worry about it? Do you ever worry about gambling? I worry about what? About it taking over, about you getting carried away? Or... Um, this is my life. This is all I do. <laughs> <laughs> to Leslie's left is another blackjack table. Sometimes there's no one at it, but the croupier continues dealing. This table, that table, this table are playing 24 hours a day on the internet. This is Teddy Hickson. It's joking. One of those who runs the club. You can turn on your computer in Hong Kong, San Francisco, and play live on this table. It's the only one in the world. He's dealing the cards, and as they come out, see the red light there at the bottom? That screens the code. See the code there? Oh, there's a barcode there's on the a cards. barcode, and that screens it and reads the cards so the person playing in Timbuktu can see the same cards that come up on his screen. And are you getting many players? Is, oh, it's going on, yes. All of these tables are in a huge room with dark pink and white walls. It used to be a church. This is Clifton Hall. And if you look from that direction there, you see that's where the altar was, yeah. and there's where the statue was. Have you no shame? No shame. Yes. And I tell you, and that's where the balcony is up there. That's where the nuns used to come from the convent next door. We have a great saying here, that whilst it was a church, it's no longer a church. More praying goes on here now than ever went on then. Devonier used to come in here regularly every day for Mass when he was Taoiseach. But here's the surprise. This casino, or gambling club, has no chandeliers, no red velvet, no men in white dinner jackets, no women in evening gowns. No, there are places that try to be like that and never succeed because for every high roller that yeah. we talk about, there are 100, 200, 300 ordinary people who want to play gaming cards. Where are all the women in the spangly dresses? They don't that? exist. They're all oh, imagination. Sorry about that. <laughs> Scott, the professional gambler with the West Indies cap, is still looking at the cricket. India won. 
We got a four. The West Indies have lost. Have you lost on that? No. No. So you're betting for India even though you support West Indies? I was trading on Betfair on it and I actually couldn't lose. If India won, I broke even, and if, Betf- if uh, West Indies won, I won a few bobs. Oh, I see. Do you do a lot of the online stuff? Yeah, yeah. Not a lot. Scott goes back to the card table, where Alex and Des have been joined by other players, including Margaret. Margaret's a legend. And she's, she fleeces students left, right and centre, Margaret Margaret's does. So. And butter wouldn't melt. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're one of the few women here. I am, yes. How are you getting on? I'm getting on grand. I'm rolling with RT. Where did you come from? I come from Dunabase. And do you come here a lot? Do you come here uh, often, twice, as the fellow says? Yes, I know. Twice a week. And you enjoy it? I love it. What do you like about it? To somebody who doesn't know anything about poker or doesn't play poker. Yes. What do you, what do you like about it? Oh, the buzz. <laughs> are you up at the moment now, or are you down? Or are you I'm just starting. Oh, I see. That's okay. all. I'm just starting and then play a game for about an hour or maybe two. I go home then. Do you? And have you? And is that Omaha, and it's a lovely game. And it's good fun. Yes. And what do you do when you're not playing cards? Oh, I uh, <laughs> watch television. Do you? Are you a retired lady? <laughs> I am. Are you? Yes. What did, what did you used to be? I was a bed and breakfast. Oh, are you? Yes. Oh, very good. How are you getting on, Alex? What? How are you getting on? Not so bad. Are you not? Losing a few bits, but there we are. Is the hundred, how much of the hundred and twenties left? None. Oh, you went again, did you? Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Flux with Ronan Kelly. In this programme, the Fitzwilliam Card and Gambling Club in Dublin. You'd imagine that people would be reluctant to have a reporter wandering around a card club, but not these days. Clubs like this have been targeted by the Department of Justice. The department says that they're operating outside the money laundering laws and they want the right to close them down. So, people are keen to talk about why they're there and why they enjoy them. And a lot of the staff are on message. For example, Rachel, one of the waitresses, told me that on the morning I was recording, she had been lying in bed when a ring came to the door. It was Bertie Ahern canvassing in his constituency. So she jumped out of bed, ran down the stairs and tackled him on the proposed new legislation. I was just explaining to him that there's an awful lot of jobs at stake, like myself and my sister are in the one household. I have two children. She's expecting a first baby now in a couple of weeks. And, like, I could go out and get another job, but I'm 35 years of age. I'd be kind of limited. I just really wanted to let him know that there is actually real people out there, you know. Upstairs in the club, it's a lot quieter. Here there are several tables playing in a tournament. In a tournament, you get a bunch of chips for free... 10 or 25 euro. You play until your chips run out and then you're out of the game. In some tournament games you can buy another pile of chips to stay in the game. The winner of the tournament either wins a prize of all the money that's been spent on chips for that game. Alternatively, the winner could win the price of an entry into a cash game downstairs, the like of which Alex and Des are playing. Most of those around the table in the tournament games are young men. They're in T-shirts and jeans, and so is the dealer. It's not the cards you have, it's the cards that your opponent thinks you have. Oh, I see. <laughs> One of the oldest at the table is Paddy. <laughs> he doesn't look worried at all. <laughs> He's getting nervous now. <laughs> I'm retired, I'm a pensioner, but I live on my own. My wife passed away a couple of years ago, and only for it I'd be looking at four walls and a television. 
and that's my therapy is here playing cards you understand that maybe it's wrong but to me it's a therapy and there's quite a lot of people here I know them going back to the years when I play the poker classics and do you go home at four o'clock in the morning and all that ah well I wouldn't say it'd be that late like sometimes you'd be knocked out and you'd be home at ten o'clock like it all depends what time you're knocked out at the tournament at and, and how do you mind your money? How do you make sure that you don't blow well, your pension I mean, in one I'll night? I'll tell you one thing. I'm playing here for two, three years, three and four nights a week, and I don't owe a penny to anybody or anyone. And actually, I'm slightly in front of my poker activities. Oh, yeah. If you want it to know. I've been lucky. I get placed in games. or I wouldn't play in a cash game. I don't play in a cash game. Oh, would you not? I only play in the tournaments. Because in the like tournaments you, you can't lose below a certain yeah, amount. You have, you have your set standards. You know what you're going to lose. And he's up 4-8 next hand. The tournament game is overseen by Nick. As players lose all their chips and are knocked out, he amalgamates the tables until there's just one. Nick is a croupier. He's in a black bow tie and white shirt. Initially, I'd started a poker society with a friend of mine in college after watching Late Night Poker on Channel 4. To be honest, we had no idea what we were doing. So Luke, the card room manager in here, we came to him, we said we had no idea what we were doing, and he helped us, he set us up, showed us the ropes and things, and then said to us, lads, I'm a little short this Friday, do you want a couple hours' work? And it's kind of kept on, on from there, and now I'm doing it full-time. And what did you do in college? I did computer science. And do you work at that as well? Or uh, no, no. This is full-time, 100% this. Because after doing the computer science, I decided I never wanted to work with computers again. <laughs> and this opportunity came up. What is it going. about it? What's the attraction to it? To, explain, if to somebody who just thinks it's throwing your money away, it's messing... Um, in... In, in the bigger games, it's all watching the players who I know are playing with far more skill than I have and just watching the, the moves that they make with the cards that they have. And when they, when they go to a showdown with a, a slightly weaker hand, but they still know that they're still ahead because they have a good enough read on their opponent, it's, it's very, I find it fascinating. But you can't see their cards. No, I can't. But once it gets to a showdown and they turn over their hands, then I can see them all and I can backtrack tra- through my head. And That's why they made that decision. Yeah. And, ah. yeah. Then I also have a, a, a library of poker books that's, that is about four foot high um, right. which um, I've read them all numerous times and what did the then, family say about you um, giving up on the computer science and getting involved in well my parents are, have always been of the, the philosophy that if I'm happy they're happy and I'm happier than than I've ever been so so they're happy that I'm happy what age are you may I ask? I'm 23 Someday you'll bring um, computers into this. Yeah. You know that, don't you? Someday, yeah. yes. Well, at the moment I'm making a fair bit of money playing poker online, but um, not as much as I'd hoped. <laughs> OK, all right. There's that 10 for sure. OK, shuffle up and deal away. Andy's 3-6. Shuffle up and deal. And you see tears and heads and um, hands and all that. You, you don't see the tears. Usually it's a young guy in or about the same age as me, and he'll stand up from the table and he'll be skinned. But he won't want to let anyone know that he's skint. He'll stand up, he'll still walk out of the place with his head held high. But um, you can see it in his eyes that he is deeply upset at having lost the money that he's lost. And that's the, that's the worst part of the job, seeing that the young guy who's now going to be living on bread and butter for the week 
Um, you yeah. can't stop him. You can't. I, well, I, well, it's not my place to stop him because if he wants to gamble it, he can gamble it. There are times when, a, when if a player is saying no, no, I'm out, and another friend of his will say, sure, I'll lend you fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. Regularly, I'll say, are you sure you want to do that? Just, okay. just because I've seen but then it. Then they get annoyed with you. Don't tell me how to live my life. And uh, in in general, if you read the situation right, I, you can get away with saying pretty much anything you want at a table. God, no, it's brutal. <laughs> It's horrible hand. Eight, sorry. <laughs> Against one wall in the tournament room is a row of computer screens. There's only one player on them. He's right down the end at the back wall, with his back to the room. You're playing online? Yeah, I'm playing online here now at the moment. One hand on the mouse. He keeps looking at the screen while he's talking to me. I'm here now and my location, I've told him I'm from Copenhagen. But I'm actually Why not. Why did you say that? It's just part of the internet thing, you know. There's so much sort of mystery around right. playing on the poker on, online. You know, for example, I could be playing my best mate and I mightn't want them to know. Sure. Is, that, a, is, uh, it, is it for real money? Is that it is, money? yeah. It's, it's, I have $321 there now, 91 cents. How much did you lose on the last thing there? It's about $100. And why do you come in here to do it, rather than do it at home or in an internet cafe or something like Well, why I've come in here today is because there's a facility here to lodge money onto the banking of the site. Okay. You know, I don't have a credit card myself, right? Okay. So I could just come in here with cash, go to the desk downstairs, put the cash on, and play with it, as you can see with me here with cash, right? Okay. And when I decide to finish up, if I've, you know, got any money, I'll, I'll go down and I can cash it out. All right, so you can walk so, out the door so, with cash as well? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. Oh, very yeah. good. That's yeah. great. Uh-oh. What's yeah, happening there? Yeah, he had, three, he had um, three fives, so I lost. Okay. That was... Uh, so you're no down fun. to 151 now, are you? Yep. Will you go down and buy more? <laughs> no. Okay. I certainly won't. What do you do uh, when you're not playing poker? I work. I work. I have a job. It's fairly flexible in times, you know. I sort sure. of sort of a self-employed type of thing. And how do you manage yourself in terms of stopping getting going too far? If you know, if you're, it's exciting and it's going well, and how do you sort of say to yourself, right, this far and no further? Well, to be totally honest with you that's a thing of personal discipline which I don't have a whole lot of that's, that's, that's a gospel truth like any gaming activities you know there's young guys playing Xboxes and Playstations and the whole lot of it and you know they're just locked in their room you know even my own kids very often play Playstations for hours on end you know so have you ever gone out of here with your head in your hand saying that was stupid now I should have called a halt two hours ago <laughs> yep yeah. I have I think a lot of people yeah. have done that I've done it as well you've done it as well yeah definitely personally. Craig comes up and stands behind the internet man he's also watching the game on the screen while talking to us I'm a student and I work part time as well so what are you a student of multimedia I finished this year will you stay at it um, multi- do, do poker or something a bit more? No, because last year, last year I done poker full time for the summer. It's very stressful. You know, I gave up my part time job. It's very stressful. Just depend. Well, I live at home, but I to a certain extent I was dependent on my poker money. What did the folks say about it? Nah, she wasn't too impressed at the start, but like, um, 
then she's seen how much money it was taken home. So, but it, still, it's very stressful. I, I rather as a hobby, you know, extra cash. But doing it for a living, no. Need a job as well. But if you're taking home great money, why, why is it stressful? Because you're going to lose. You have to lose sometime. But if you set a limit, if you say, OK, I'm not going to go below that now, that's not possible, is it? It doesn't, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Like, you start off and you're winning, like, and, you know, and then the next day you lose. But the ne- since it's your job, the next day you have to play, even though you don't feel like it. Oh, right. So it takes the fun so, out of it. Yeah, you have to work it as a job. You know, you can just sort of isolate yourself off from the rest of the world, maybe, you know? That's my girlfriend. <laughs> she said you have kids. So do you ever do. worry that you're, you're blowing money that should be going home? Um, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. My kids are... So you do have a limit. You do, you do have... Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, I, you're well, disciplined I do. then, aren't you? Well... Yes, yes and no. I am disciplined, um, but not as disciplined as I'd like to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, so does your girlfriend know you're here? She she wouldn't she wouldn't uh, know that I'm sitting here right now. But um, she she knows she, I play. She, she knows right. I play. She, and does she play herself? No, since she doesn't like it. Seven. How do you do? Paddy always has the Back over at Paddy's tournament table, he's one of the few left. Across from him is the most dressed-up man in the place. Brown suit and tie, light brown shirt, expensive-looking shoes. <laughs> he's Frank. Unless I get lucky. He's 59, and he part-owns a chain of Thai restaurants in Dublin, the latest in a long line of projects. Well, I lived in Bangkok for about eight, nine months. The reason I ended up in Bangkok was... I was one of the, the guys that won the two and a half million in the, in the lotto in Scruffy Murphy's syndicate. All right. Yeah, and we went and we set up a cosmetic company out in uh, out Thailand, you know, and we sold it on then to the Thai. You know. what, so, what, what, what were you doing when you were in Scruffy Murphy's? Were you running restaurants in Dublin? I had a pub and a restaurant down in Cork. We, I split up for my wife, oh. and I ended up as a rep for Abbey Life, and I was the top salesman there for two years. In your family background, was there business and, ba- and no, gambling no, and all that kind of thing? Not at all, no, no. I wouldn't consider myself a gambler. Or no, but you take risks. I mean, oh, business I do. people take oh, geez, risks. Oh, jeez, I took yeah. risks. In fact, um, we, I lost a lot of money. And before we went to Bangkok, we got involved with Knock Lofty House Hotel down in Tipperary. And... Um, we made a complete balls of that, you know. And, and will you stick at the Thai stuff now, or will you? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. Nice. yeah. In fact, we're, uh, I'm heading off to Cyprus now at the weekend. We're opening in Cyprus. We're opening a restaurant in Cyprus. Where we've planned to open it, not for this summer. And we wouldn't be ready for this summer. We're going to open now next, uh, the end of next February. So how do you pick Cyprus out of the air? This is what amazed me about business people. How do you just kind of go, right, Cyprus Thai, is like Cyprus. Ireland uh, 15 years ago. And uh, there's great opportunities, not just in the food business, but also in property and everything. And they've just gone into the EU. And um, I think there'll be a reunification of the island as well with Turkey. I think so. Mark! This is Luke, one of the card table managers. Mark O'Reilly! He's going through a waiting list of players who want to join in a game. Mark for Omaha. When a place becomes free, he calls their name. Nolan, second Omaha. Omaha, yes or no? The Irish poker scene is a much more social scene than you can get anywhere else in the world. Why? People are more social. People want to talk. People want to have a bit of fun. They come out. They know. It's just they're just a different animal, and 
the games just seem to be better over here than anywhere else. Is it? Yeah, yeah, the games are a lot, of, a lot more fun. The banter's great, you know. The banter's really great. Is it? I, I thought you weren't allowed to talk when you're. Ah, you can talk. A lot of slagging goes on and right. a bit of fun. And you shouldn't talk about the hands. You shouldn't talk about the hands and progress. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see. Because you're giving information to other players, maybe. Of okay. What, what cards are good? You can talk about anything you want, or you can slag people off about how they play the hand. And generally, people take a slagging here very, very well. You know. Right. Okay. Alex and Des's table has a very noisy Chinese man playing at it. You see the Chinese lad. Now we've got the Chinese play, and they're great fun in the games. You know, because they're such gamblers, you know, and they'd, they'd laugh at the, at the beats and all that. So you have to understand them as well. And sometimes they'll talk Chinese, but generally we control that. So why don't you let them talk Chinese? There's one, pre- one rule that started statutory through the world in the pop games that's English only. So everybody must know what everybody's saying. Because if them two are speaking Chinese, instead of speaking in the middle of a hand, he could be saying, I have this in my hand, what have you got? Oh, Do you understand? So okay. that's generally English only at the table. The internet man, who I thought had gone home, is back. He's joining Des and Alex's table. But he's not taking the free seat that's available. He's asking Margaret if she'll take the free seat and let him sit in her seat. Say, say somebody's been sitting in the seat all night and winning in the seat and they decide to leave. A lot of players think, well, that's a good seat, I'll move over there and play with the cars. Oh, yeah. That's like fish frogs. Yeah, well, well a lot of them are very superstitious. Gamblers are superstitious by nature, yeah. Des and Alex aren't going to move from their places, even though it's not going well for Alex. Oh, will you go again? Or will you, is that it now? I don't, it all depends. I'm not sure. But you never say never, do you? Never. How are you doing? Not great, down 20. Down 20 euro? Yeah. That's all right. It's all right. For a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you haven't eaten into your, you haven't gone below your, the amount you came in with. Uh, well, I'm up a couple of grand for the month, so uh, 20 quid isn't too bad. <laughs> I won it. Did you? In the end, yeah. You put the hex on me, oh, I just got you? blown out of that. I'm losing all my chips. <laughs> Don't stand said. in front of my car, whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Frank Hunt. Frank Hunt for Omaha. Anyone find Frank Hunt? <laughs>